Welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. This week, we're reviewing the Netflix limited series, The Queen's Gambit, which is based on the novel The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis, and this was directed by Scott Frank. Uh, Why don't you give us a little uh, brief synopsis here of The Queen's Gambit, Taylor Absolutely. Now, The Queen's Gambit is a fictional story. It's a period piece that follows the life of an orphan chess prodigy known as Beth Harmon, played by Anya Taylor-Joy. During her quest to become the world's greatest chess player while struggling with emotional issues, uh, dealing with her past and drug and alcohol dependency. The story begins in the 1950s, mid-1950s, proceeds well into the late 1960s during um, kind of the real you know, time of the Cold War. And we go through her journey Uh, during this sort of fictional period piece yeah it's kind of a it's kind of like a coming of age story while also this kind of yeah interesting tale of this chess champion especially during the time because of the era the 50s and 60s yeah we're dealing with that cold war especially the deal of uh the very intense uh russian players but also this idea that women didn't play chess that was something that you know they weren't really ones being seen at tournaments it was often a lot of the guys so there's also this compelling kind of notion that she is one of the best chess players currently you know in that time and she's a female so that's already you know like they they show that early on even in the series uh, we're doing no spoilers today by the way this is definitely a show we recommend right away to go see it's just a great one but um, yeah, it's kind of, I thought it was cool was when I started the show, I actually was like, is this based off a true story? It had, yeah, I had to vibe go, to it. You had to go back and like, like fact check it. And I'm like, no, this yeah, is not. I didn't realize that it, it was just a fictional tale, but I was reading a lot of articles the last week. Um, it felt like the, 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 the week Queen's Gambit came out, it was like the election and chess. Those were like the two main things yeah. talked about. Um, but reading that the probably closest figure in actual history that would relate to kind of beth Harmon would be bobby fisher yeah that was probably like the closest you know young prodigy of chess who would go on to you know actually fight the russians and all that kind of stuff um so but uh yeah this is it's really cool show first off i think something that worked very well for the show was the detail to chess itself chess you know i think a lot of us have a pretty broad understanding of chess but there's so much that this dives into that is factual that is real it's uh they actually hired some professional players to work with the actual games themselves so like every shot in the show um is actual like that's real chess going on it's actually like you know uh it's not like some made-up games and they were taught how all the actors are taught exactly how chess players would grab the pieces, the certain moves when they're writing down their score, like all of that. I thought that yeah. was very accurate and it actually really made for some great uh, cinematography. The Well, the chess community itself had a huge praise for mm-hmm. the portrayal of the game and the players. Uh, there's actually an interview with Vanity Fair, woman grandmaster Jennifer 
Shahade said that, I hope I said that right, said the series completely nailed the chess accuracy. And I think that's what's different. When you think about making a film about a board game like this, you know, it doesn't necessarily lead to the idea it's going to be very dramatic, but this show really nailed the drama, the intensity of the games and the the technical know-how. And I thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. because you're right. A lot of us very chess. And I wouldn't say I'm a chess expert. I played several times growing up, but it's something, you know, the basics of, but to know the, all the, you know, 64 squares on there, the different moves. I mean, the title itself is named after an uh, opening move, the Queen's Gambit. An opening move. And yeah. I have it here. It's a world, world chess champion, Gary Kasparov, and chess coach, chess coach Bruce Pandolfini were the two guys that they were hired. And yeah, they they trained a lot of the cast um, on the on the proper moves, the proper etiquette. Um, I read the only thing that's in the show that is something that would not be seen in professional chess is you're not allowed to talk during the games. So there's, there's moments where, you know, for dramatic effect, of course, there's things where sometimes mid game, a character will get up and just walk around or they're trying to distract each other or uh, something I had no clue even exists in chess, but it's actually such a, uh, you know, such a mind game that it takes such concentration that sometimes games don't finish on that single day sometimes they can adjourn and pick them up the next day that was it i had no clue that existed the other thing i i liked is the idea that you could concede before the game mm-hmm. you're in checkmate which i thought it was like mm. no it's to the death where if it's only like- if only someone would concede right now um <laughs> so uh as we're going on here though about the cast first off anya taylor joy she has been really you know picking up steam as a just really strong young female leading player. She, you know, I, I've, I think I first saw her in The Witch and, uh, you know, I've seen her in Emma and there's been other things I've seen her in. And, you know, just this year alone, she had uh, New Mutants finally came out that she was in, but she is starring here as Beth Harmon, older Beth Harmon. And I mean, it's just like powerhouse acting here because she's dealing with not only being this chess champion, but she's dealing with, you know, her kind of like, sexual outcoming you know she's becoming like you know she's more of a teenager now into a young woman so she's also dealing with that she's dealing with this kind of addiction problem she has with these drugs you know a time in an era where actually kids were given certain vitamins that were probably more like behavior um kind of you know pills and she gets addicted to those but then the interesting thing where she has to take those sometimes to be the most focused with the game you know they do this kind of cool imagery of she can look up to the ceiling and see see all the the chessboard upside down and she can kind of like rain man picture exactly what the next thing will be yeah definitely definitely going to be a chess master yeah but only when she's under the influence of these drugs so i mean she just she's going through so many emotions and she just and she just looks stunning too i mean she's you know she's a beautiful girl and all this great fashion of the 50s and the 60s especially as she becomes a little more wealthier and has all these like really high-end outfits. I mean, she looks like true, like that kind of class, classic like Hollywood star. I think she was just, she was just a, a knockout in this show. It was like a really great role for her. I thought um, in terms of, you know, we talked about this is a, it's a period piece, but it's a fictional period piece. So now there's no, you know, a lot of these characters are fictionalized and mm-hmm. not based on, you know, real people. But I really like, I thought it was very interesting though, though she is a woman in a time where women 
were not seen as you know doing anything uh, more than becoming a housewife or maybe secretarial work or things like that. I thought it was interesting. They didn't play into that too much throughout the series. It's not like, uh, oh, you're a woman, this and that. She's really seen as she goes through the story as not as a woman by her her fellow adversaries. As, as she goes through the series, she has a lot of uh, opponents to get better and better. And I really like the fact that a lot of them, there are times where they, they, they look at her as, yes, yeah, she's a woman, but they look at her as like, oh, you know, she's just another player. So I think I did like that it wasn't all um, this thing about a woman overcoming obstacles. It was just a person, an individual. So it's I thought like they- a great player. Yeah, I thought they, they didn't play into that too much. So it wasn't like heavy handed, like, oh, you're a woman, you can't make it. It wasn't that. It was just like, you know, you come from nothing. And there was a lot of focus on her past because she starts the story. She's an orphan. And you see uh, the layers of her uh, family history and things like that peel back throughout the story. And I thought that was really well done. Talk about not just the main character, Anya Taylor-Joy, there's some great casting choices, and yeah, I was gonna say, well, you know, you 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 know, you mentioning that yes, she's seen as an as an equal and a better. Well, she still is seen as that kind of you know uh, sexual icon as well, and she interest. does have these you know a romantic interest. She has a few friends that do help her out in teaching her. You know, she's kind of this quick hothead in terms of um, she doesn't really think out her plays. She's she's kind of an improv master when it comes to chess. Well. She has some friends along the way that tell her, you know, you need to study and really learn and listen to all the different kind of movesets and all the different ways. And um, so we have, uh, first off, Harry Melling, who plays Harry. Well, uh, for many of you, you might look at Harry and go, he looks so familiar. Mm -hmm. How do I know him from her? It's because he was Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter series. He's uh, he's filled out. He's uh, taller now and thinner. And um, it's actually interesting since, you know, the Harry Potter days, a lot of these kids, you know, have got, some have gone on to continue acting. Some have not, but he's been killing it this year. We've seen him already in three. This is his third Netflix pro uh, project this year. He was in the old guard and he was in the devil all the time, but he's here as um, a guy from Kentucky who ends up befriending Beth, teaching her a lot of stuff. And there is a romance there. Another one that's kind of a familiar face that <laughs> it was funny. I love the, to me, he looked like a young alter ego of David Spade. Um, and if you're watching the show, you'll totally understand what I'm talking about. Thomas Brody Sangster yeah. plays Benny, who you, most of you will probably remember as the young kid from Love Actually. But yeah. he was in the Maze Runner movies. He was in Game of Thrones for a brief oh, he, time. He, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. Uh, he has all fur, Ferb from Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's grown up now. So, uh, but he plays Benny, and it's kind of funny when he's introduced. He's kind of introduced like this rock and roll, like cowboy, cowboy, sort of. like champion of chess. Like I just came into town and <laughs> huge hat. He's got like the little like mustache, little goatee. He's got his like hair, long he's leather got, jacket, like, leather jacket, and he's like <laughs> the rock star of chess. Um, but it was a great character. I thought it really. I like that. You you see he has to kind of learn a little humility when he eventually, you know, does kind of play Beth a few times and then he ends up being one of her best friends, but yet again, another romance. Um, but he was, yeah, he was a great character. I thought that was, that was kind of fun. His like fashion yeah. and his kind of uh, look was pretty cool. Um, I also wanted to mention about Marielle Heller who plays um, 
kind of like it's like her adopted mother because again yes we kind of learn early in the series you know the series that she is an orphan and it takes a long time before she's adopted but because of her kind of prowess as a chess player there's a there's a moment in time where she's adopted by a family but the the parents are having their own problems so it kind of ends up becoming more just the mom and her as a team but you know you were talking about we're you know we're seeing this age where a lot of women were just seen as a housewife or something. I like that for her character, they painted her as a musician. She was a piano player and a very good piano player. And then as they kind of form more of a close bond because it's just the girls now, you know, the dad's kind of out of the picture. I like that she kind of took over the role as like an agent. She kind of was like the one helping with like the booking of like hotels and flights. And she was there along with the ride. And I think it kind of made for a great pairing because it felt like she was a woman that was trapped in her own kind of slightly abusive marriage. Yeah, both mentally and mentally abusive and and where she just wasn't felt loved. So along the way, she kind of has a really nice arc. uh, It's a nice arc. And and with Beth kind of being able to allow her to experience, you know, traveling and the high life, you know, something she probably didn't get to do as much. You know, there's a a scene early on in the show where they have to go buy her some more clothes because all Beth has is like one or two outfits and they're going to the discount part of the store. You know, they're not getting the high end stuff. Well, that will soon change over the course of the show. But there's also some great, you know, I thought it was cool is they have some, uh, you know, great. Uh, there's that one guy who plays like the Russian guy who's like her like kind of main adversary at the very yeah, end. Borgov. Borgov. And he's got he, that he, really stern look, you know. He's the very... Ivan Drago of chess players. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will checkmate I will check. you. <laughs> uh, and of course, you got to, and I love her, her mentor is the Miyagi of hers, uh, played by Bill Camp, Mr. Shiable, who she learns yeah. from this, uh, the custodian who teaches that her. Like, that was a nice reluctant little, like, teacher. The reluctant teacher who, he's like one of the kind of like caretaker electricians at the orphanage house. And he, he kind of lives down in the basement, plays chess, and she used to go down there to, clean out the chalk out of the erasers from the the green boards and then she's like what's that game and he's like it's chess <laughs> she's like can i play and then she's like really good and he's like hmm but it was kind of fun that he starts to teach her those like real rules of like there is a polite way of if there's a certain amount of moves that have been done or a certain thing is gone you just have to concede there's no point to try to you know play till you have one piece left there's just a point in time where you understand no good game you know you were the you were the winner so but yeah this show it's like great casting also a great soundtrack because this show is set in the 50s 60s so yeah there's like a score you know it's like an orchestral score but they have all these great kind of songs of the period especially these kind of montage moments where she's kind of growing up or she's you know played a bunch of games and that really was kind of like I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, and the cinematography was just great. The camera work and these some of these very intense, there's these very intense close-up shots, especially during the chess matches, where mm-hmm. you just see these characters. And uh, I was just blown away by that. And like you said earlier, the costumes were fantastically done. I got to give uh, props to the costume uh, department and very well done to the time period. It's, it, is a very, it is a time period piece, although albeit fictional, but I think it's a great story because it could, it could be said at any time. It could be any game 
but it's the mm-hmm. idea of that great story of overcoming obstacles despite um and and the character of her, uh, that she plays beth Harmon, is she is this very intelligent very uh loner character and she does she is the protagonist but she does have these problems there's all this whole thing of uh fighting your demons and addiction and i think that's just very very well done this is a theme that we've uh, we've talked about in other bits of media uh where i think especially when we hark back to the stories of like the shining and although those are horror films there is this theme of overcoming that uh, addiction or addictive nature and i think it's just such a power well well done and powerfully shown in this bit of media i was just really blown away by how well they did that no, I, what I like though, yeah, you were kind of, I was thinking it kind of embodies this element of there's a color palette to this whole show I really liked. There's, you know, especially different locations. Some are a lot more of that, it feels kind of that dark, kind of prison like, especially down like the boiler room or in, like, especially like in places like Russia and stuff. It's very like dark. And then in other areas, it's like really bright and colorful, like Mexican glamour. Like, oh, you know, yeah. and it had this kind of like, fairy tale element to it even though it is grounded in reality and it, even though it's yeah it's a fictional story but it's not fictional to the point where it's like there's magic going on this really could happen you know it's it's you know very realistic type story so just i was really i had no clue what to expect a lot of friends just were like you got to watch the queen's gambit and i'm glad i did once i started i was hooked and it was I just completely like, agree right. and of course in this of course another one where we both egg on each other to check out something new and I'm glad we decided to do our pick for this week on this. It's uh, incredible. Yeah. yeah, go out, watch it. Again, hats off to amazing directing, acting, cinematography. It is definitely a story that, honestly, I'd watch again. Honestly, it was just such a powerfully well done series. I'm, I'm yeah, sad it's, it's only, limited. It's only only seven episodes, you know, this and not a show we're looking at. It's probably going to have any kind of follow-up, you know. I think this is very much just the one-and-done limited series, but... um. Definitely, we recommend you go check out The Queen's Gambit, now streaming on Netflix. And that was this week's Potential Pick. Check mate. I concede. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email the Potential Podcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.